Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Startup Diary podcast where we cover the difference between trying to build a billion dollar unicorn and a lifestyle business. I say that word in air quotes. It's a fantastic question from Christian, not Christopher. (laughs) We apologize. It's still a great question. Enjoy today's show. Inside, one time, here we go. Ready? Hey guys, and welcome to episode 299 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mojo. I am with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hi guys, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Startup Diary podcast, where we share exactly what it's like to build a startup business. We're six years in the making, bootstrapped, seed funded, bit of VC money, and we're sharing the highs and lows of what it's truly like to build a business. Today, Adam, we have a question or comment that came through the Facebook group just search for Startup Diary Club on Facebook and you'll find us there. Just join in. Uh, this one is from Christian Bishop. He says, Hey guys, a question I've been toying with for a long time, to the extent where it has probably held me back from biting the bullet and taking action. I haven't unsubscribed yet and hope you forgive me. Praying emoji. I don't know if I am the only one who feels this way, but from reading books, listening to podcasts and audiobooks, etc., they mostly talk about building big businesses rather than building lifestyle businesses. So I tend to feel daunted and pressured to start a business with the focus of it to become a bigger business rather than it becoming a lifestyle one. Lost my mouse. <laughs> so my question is, is it okay to start a business with the intention of it becoming a lifestyle one? If so, and it becomes a success to the extent where you could grow it to a bigger business, would you refrain from doing so or build a bigger business? So I guess the first thing to say is, Christian, thanks for being part of the community in Facebook and starting this conversation off because I think this is probably one that is on a lot of listeners' minds, Mm. but people aren't really tackling it or trying to, to work out what's the right thing for them. Because from... I'm using air quotes and if you're on YouTube, you'll see it. But in the startup world, all we really see... People are going to be like, YouTube? (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. time of recording, it's not there. (laughs) So I think think one of the things to speak about is in the startup world and that startup ecosystem is all you really see is these things called unicorns. Everyone's praising the unicorns, the billion dollar companies, the... Let's raise loads of money, mm-hmm. grow a huge business that's venture-backed and take over the world. So I guess just to set the context in terms of like what is the difference between these two terms that are used in this, so like the VC-backed <clears throat> venture-scaled business compared to a, a lifestyle business, for the purpose of this, we're going to call one of them the startup VC company and the other one the lifestyle business. So the startup's job is to grow big enough to provide a return for their investors. Whereas a lifestyle business's job is to provide a great quality of life to its owners. And don't get me wrong, I've put those as if they're in separate circles, as in two circles separated, but they do overlap. It doesn't mean that as a startup founder, you can't have a great business. Mm. But I think the key thing on that one is to really be aware that when you decide to take capital is you are giving up some degree of control and potentially Mm -hmm. all the control in your business in a goal to raise money and grow fast. So I guess, I guess really 
probably the most important thing to try and kind of nail down is actually why you're trying to start this business in the first place. Are you, because surely you would want the intention or you set out having the intention that you want to build a larger business. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one <laughs> most people don't just do something on the side through Etsy and then all of a sudden have this massive <laughs> enterprise yep. on the back of it. So I guess it's just kind of nailing down why you want to do it in the first place. I think you sort of raised two really good points and I guess what I want to do is explain to the listeners is that there is that middle ground. When people think entrepreneurship, they do sort of tie that into let's build a large business and then the word yeah. passive income. Mm. But there's there's a whole group of businesses that is probably the vast majority, like 95% of the businesses that don't fall into passive income, which is sort of the set and forget, build some content, sell it on a subscription using Facebook ads. I can go live on a beach for our work week, Tim Ferriss style. Mm. And then the other side of it is the entrepreneurship, working 90 hours a week, all all hours every day. If you just look at what most businesses are, they open at nine, they should at five. Uh, we're surrounded by trade professionals that in their own right are entrepreneurs. Yep. But they're not doing passive income. They are entrepreneurs, but they're also not trying to build something that's going to become a unicorn business worth a billion dollars. And I would say majority of businesses fall into that bracket. But to get to your sort of point in terms of like this whole thing around self-awareness, why do you want to start the business? I think when you ask a lot of people, they'll be like, well, I want to get rich. Mm. And I think just to drive that home is like earning money off the back of a business. Understandably, if you're in a position where you need to earn extra income, then that will be your priority. And I guess it goes back to Mazzy's triangle that we spoke about previously is you'll get to a point where that is no longer the thing that is driving you forward. So there needs to be a deeper mission to the point that money actually becomes like a byproduct. Well, interestingly, I saw, I can't remember where I heard it actually. I either heard it or read it or saw it or, or whatever. But the when people say, um, I want to be rich or I want to win the lottery, what they actually, what what we're all really meaning is we want financial freedom to just kind of do whatever we want to do 100 percent. and financial freedom isn't necessarily having 50 million off of the lottery in the bank it just means earning enough in a month on a monthly basis to be able to afford within reason what anything that you want to do agree and one of the things that i've always positioned as sort of what my goals are i'm not trying to become extremely wealthy what i i phrase it as is i'm trying to buy time Mm. I want to be able to have enough money as revenue, income, wealth, however you position it. So if I choose to do something else with my time that isn't getting income into the family to pay the bills, that is an option for me. Because I, I consider that as sort of the goal. That's what I'm trying to build towards. Yeah, because a lot of people, if they don't work, they don't earn. And therefore, and they're not earning enough when they're working to compensate for that. So it's like, you, I need I need to be at work five days a week because if I have time off to spend with the family two days a week, beyond the weekend, then I'm actually going to be earning less. So it's that that's the imbalance that most of us have because we work nine to fives where the boss doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're, tra- you're trading your time for income on yeah. a salary. But I think that the word that you just used there around family, I think that's an also really important thing to think about sort of this overarching part one of this this podcast is working out why you want to start mm. a business. So one, you have to understand what is the real mission that you're on. But secondly, you need to take consideration your personal situation and circumstances yeah. because when I started this business, my wife had literally, I think she was a month or two months pregnant when I left my old job. And there's a certain degree of sacrifice that not just you as the founder are going to make, as you as the family man 
are going to make, mm. your wife, your partner, whoever it is, they need to be on the journey with you. So when you're thinking about what sort of business that you want to run, if you're going to raise money, you just have to be really aware that that is going to naturally take up a lot more of your time. And it's 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 not to say that as a as a lifestyle business, you won't put in as much time, but you get the choice mm-hmm. of how much time you put into it. Because as I said before, when you decide to try and raise money in scale, is you do give up a bit of control and you end up sort of stepping onto what I class as the, the VC treadmill, uh, which is, imagine being in the gym. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to raise money, it's like you're stepping onto a treadmill but someone else is controlling the speed. So it's very uncomfortable, <laughs> to be honest. So The fear of flying off the back. The fear of flying off the back. And to, to cover off the statement that we said at the beginning is when you're raising money as a venture-backed business, and this is why people think startups mean go big or go home. Let's mm-hmm. raise a, a metric ton of cash. Let's go through rounds and rounds of investment. That is basically when you're on the treadmill, your venture capitalist has one single goal. And oddly, it's not normally aligned with the actual business's fundamentals in terms of a VC puts money in to get you to the next round of investment, which actually causes a little bit of internal friction for Mm. me because what I wanted to do was I wanted to build a business that allows me to choose whether I want to raise capital in the future. But the, the true VC treadmill, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that our VCs listen to this, the true VC treadmill is we want you to focus on a metric and we're going to put money into that business to grow that metric. So certain businesses genuinely require VC money. If you're looking at stuff like like social networks, you need to build a lot of users to monetize the attention and the eyeballs yeah. on a social network, like through ads. Think Facebook. Like what is the product that Facebook sells? It's you as as the user. They sell your attention to other brands, but you need a lot of people to be on that platform to make money from it. So off, off the back of that, you need to raise loads of cash because you're not going to make mm. money for a long time. And then you look at other businesses more like platform players like Airbnb and Uber and you go, well, they're the unicorns. They had to raise as much money as they needed to because they're in a land grab. If they don't defend their business model, someone else will come in and do it in a local city. So they needed to move in fast and grow. Not all businesses need that. And the business that we were in needed it three, four years ago because we decided to go heavily into the platform play. We wanted to build a software as a service product which required cash and we wouldn't get the return from that investment for a long time. That's why we end up raising cash. But I made the decision probably around 18 months ago to get on my own treadmill. I'll explain what that means straight after this break. So you mentioned you're going on your own treadmill now. What's made you jump off of someone else's? <laughs> because I haven't even seen you in the gym. So. <laughs> so I just covered off the fact that when you raise money, you're stepping onto someone else's treadmill. You're making a, a commitment to deliver a return for your investors. You have a responsibility when you take someone's cash to do that. And this is sort of tying it back into Christopher's question, trying to work out what's the right style of business that you need to build. Certain businesses require cash. We required cash because we wanted to build the platform. However, about 18 months ago, I started to really deeply understand how the VC model works. Mm. And 
there are metrics in our business that would allow us to raise and raise again and raise again at a high valuation. But the problem that I have with that is it, it actually means that you don't focus on building a solid, stable business because you're happy to burn cash. And when I say burn cash, I mean you're happy to spend cash in the business to achieve a certain metric. So as, for example, we have a community of trade professionals is as a company, we'd be happy to basically spend every penny in the bank to acquire new users into our community, even the non-paying users, mm. because we know the lifetime value of those customers will yield a return. The problem that I have is the faster that you move, the faster the VC puts the speed up on the treadmill. So what you end up doing is going through lots of rounds of dilution. So you as the founder, yes, you might have a company that on paper is worth a lot of money, but you end up with smaller percent of the company, less ownership, and it starts to become less of what you envisioned it to be because you're on this treadmill. And I think someone listening to this will be like, well, if, if you're changing the vision, you're not a strong CEO and founder. The truth of the matter is I'm a first time founder. Like we're six years in and having lots of people in a boardroom, you're going to get knocked about. You're going to feel like you're playing, you're, you go to bowling and you've got, you're throwing the ball down <laughs> the lane. All the sports. All the sports are getting, feeling fit this morning. You're at a bowling lane, you throw the ball down the lane and the goal is at the end. You're trying to hit the mission. But all the way through the, the business, you're getting bounced from left to right because you got the bumpers up because I'm not that good at bowling. Mm. That's what it kind of feels like when you're building the business. But the problem that I had with it is I didn't want to build a business that was driven by one core metric. I wanted to build a real business that was profitable because if I know if it's profitable, then me as the founder have the choice. If I want to raise some money, great, cool. I can raise some money. If I choose that I don't want to raise some money because I can't find someone that believes in the mission or I can't find a good partner in the company who's going to put some cash in, I don't have to. So I made the decision 18 months ago to actually slow down the venture style growth mm. of the business and really focus on actually let's just make this damn thing profitable because as the founder that gives me the choice to choose what I want to do. So I guess what I'm trying to say to Christopher is one, if you start off as a lifestyle business, you can always raise money in the future mm -hmm. so that 100% that most people don't or won't do what I've done and it's probably not the right thing to do being really honest in terms of raise the money then slow down but I want to feel like I run and control my own business so what I'm hearing what I'm feeling is firstly there's no right or wrong I guess 100% um, but it, it all boils down to the intention and I think you need I think you need to have the intent. You need to know deep down in your heart what what you what the what it is you, that you're trying to solve, whether it's financial freedom or whether you actually want to build a big business that is shooting towards a big mission to change the world. A hundred percent. So I think down to is there a right or wrong? No. The fact that if you want to build a it's, it's, they call it a lifestyle business. If you just want to build a business, like most things are a business. It's a one, two, three man company. I get, I get the impression that when like lifestyle business, passive income, these things, I think that these have become like popular ways of describing it now just because, so someone will call a lifestyle business because you can earn money whilst living a, a different life than what your job is. Yep. Just like, hey, I'm I'm traveling the world and making money or whatever it may be. That's because that's your lifestyle. That's your lifestyle business. So I think I think these have just become like modern descriptive words. But I really don't like them. Is what I'm saying because I think what it does. It's 2019, bro. Is it? 
but it makes people feel like they have to put themselves into one bucket in mm. terms of am I trying to build a VC backed company and take over the world and raise lots mm. of money because I want lots of staff and I want lots of users and you want metrics that actually don't really matter. Mm. And I got caught like I got caught up in the fact that I'm I've raised money, I need to I need to stay on the treadmill. I didn't you know me, I don't like being on a treadmill. And I think one of the things just to drive home to everyone who's listening to this podcast is if you want to start a business, then start a business. Don't feel the need to think, I've got an idea, I need some funding, let's go find the CTO. That, like, that makes sense for some businesses, but most, it doesn't. So look around, walk down the high street, open the yellow pages, if that's still a bloody thing. Like Pe- yellow page. Yellow page. Yellow flyer. <laughs> go, go onto the internet and look at businesses and look at them objectively in mm. terms of that is a business. That is a one-person company or that is a five-person company running a shop on the high street. These are businesses. These provide a good lifestyle for the owner, but the word lifestyle seems to play it down. And the fact that you run a business like that doesn't make you less ambitious than the person trying to grow the company that's trying to build the next Facebook. Yeah, my, my quick one on that is is more of a, is a question that when, when we call something a lifestyle business, is it because we're referring to it as a one person business? So like, can you have a lifestyle business that has two, three, four, five people in it? And, it, is it, and then is it a lifestyle for all involved? Or is it only ever a lifestyle for the for the owner of the business and everyone else who are employees that are still doing the nine to five? Really good question. The way that I see it, rightly or wrongly, if someone wants to tune in to the Facebook I, group. Because I think that's the differenti- differentiator at the moment is it's like you're either entrepreneur with staff or you're one person with a laptop in the living room. Okay. Sort of difference. Yeah. So the word lifestyle business for me, I, I do generally want to get rid of it because mm. what it does, it portrays the idea of the guy working four hours a week on a beach making a YouTube video and saying, hey, I make 20,000 a month, join my subscription service and I'll show you how. Check out my Lambo. It, I've rented out this Airbnb. I've this borrowed is my as house. much cash yeah. as a hat. Yeah, exactly. I want to get rid of that word lifestyle business. My answer in terms of someone listening to the show and they think I want to build a, again, lifestyle air quotes. You don't. You want to build a fucking business. Mm. And what I mean is it will provide a great lifestyle for you and you will end up having staff. Great. They have jobs, okay? Mm. You as the founder are building a business that provides you a great lifestyle. That's that's the definition that I think we need mm. to drive home and remove this idea of venture-backed entrepreneurship startup means you're ambitious and running a lifestyle. If you want to go and start a flower shop, which involves- It's a, it's a small business is what we're calling it really then, isn't it? Not, not a lifestyle business, it's a small business and you are the sole employee. To start with. Initially. And then as you grow it, mm. you might decide, holy shit, I've got a secret sauce. I make the best bouquet for funerals you've ever seen. I'm going to take over the... I went dark then. Uh, it's the only thing I can think of with flowers. I'm going to now take over the UK because of this secret <laughs> sauce I can roll out. Then you might go, sweet, I'm going to go and raise some money. Fine. As long as you're self-aware to the point that you know what you're getting yourself into. Cool. The, the lesson that I'd want to leave people with on this show is, uh, just to pull it back to Christopher, mm-hmm. is love the fact you posted this. There is nothing wrong with starting a business that doesn't take on investment. I actually applaud that because what will happen is you'll learn the solid business fundamentals of I need to get more income than my costs, which is what VCs Mm. told you the other way. Just spend loads of money and grow a metric in the business. Go build a solid business because what that gives you in the future is options. And that's the only thing we ever need in business. If you can build a business that shows a model that works, you can choose to raise money later. 
it's really hard to actually get yourself off the treadmill mm. and being really really cards on the table and honest it results in a lot of confrontation in boardrooms that if you're not a very strong character you will get beaten up and you'll end up building a business for someone else i think one of my strengths is that i'm fairly stubborn and strong strong-willed and it resulted in one of our non-executive directors leaving our board because he didn't believe that we're on the right journey as a business and I refuse to bend on what I want to build. So if you raise money, make sure that you are as stubborn as that because it's your business at the end of the day. Cool. We shall leave it there. Christian, thank you so much for answering. Answering, Asking. <laughs> Adam, thank you for answering. Christian, thank you for asking this question. <laughs> Guys, if you have a question or an answer, you can, <laughs> you can post it in the Facebook group. Search Startup Diary Club on Facebook or you can email questions at startupdiary.club. Any final thoughts, Adam? Yes, I think I called him Christopher all episode. His name is Christian. <laughs> Brilliant. And on that note, guys, we will speak to you next time. <laughs>